Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. Amen. Turn with us tonight to the book of Psalms. Psalms chapter number 84 is our text tonight. We desire your prayers. We'll obey God just as carefully as we can. Um, I have a simple thought tonight, but my soul has just rejoiced in it all day long. And I want to share that tonight, and I pray that it'd be an encouragement to you. Um, boy, we're in a day when people need, uh, they need to recognize what a gift it is to be able to assemble yes. in the house of God and feel His Spirit, uh, to hear His Word, <laughs> to hear His Word, uh, to be able to sing and to worship. Oh, what a treasure this is. I pray that the psalmist can share it with us tonight. Psalms chapter number 84, begin at verse number 1. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. (laughs) Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. Father, thank you for your word. I humbly pray that you'd gather us up, Father, in your will, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, that you would speak unto our hearts. Speak so mightily, Father, that it might change us, that it would address the very sin, God, that may be present in us, that it would strip away, God, the doubt and the fear and all the things that the enemy may have planted in the last day or two. And God, we pray that we might clearly see you through the presence of this good truth. Father, speak it to us, we pray now, in the unction of thy Holy Spirit, for we pray it all in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Amen. I want to share a thought tonight, a simple statement. I love this place. I love this place. And I believe it was the heart of the psalmist here, uh, 
you can look in the first verse and see that it's not necessarily ascribed to the psalmist David here. There are other psalms or psalms that are written by other writers, but David certainly wrote the most of it. When I read this one, it feels to me that it's his handwriting. Uh, I just feel like it was the psalmist David that wrote it because there's so many other places in the psalms that you find similar truths that line right up with this, but that doesn't matter because the Holy Spirit put it in here for us. And I believe it's good for us tonight to be reminded that there ain't a thing wrong with loving the church. Loving the house of God. <laughs> loving the place, you see. I want to share this tonight, and I believe that it's needful tonight for us to start with this truth. I recognize and don't have any confusion in my own mind about where God dwells. He don't dwell in this building. He dwells in me. Now, in the Old Testament, you'll find that he dwelled in tabernacles and tents and temples, whatever it was the people of Israel had constructed. Solomon even built him a house that was a wonder of wonders, a house that was told about all over the world and a place that God dwelled. May I say to you that there's a place in the Psalms where the Bible said that, that he said, where in the world could God go that it could hold? But God chose to dwell in some of those places. But oh, how I know today that God dwells in men. The tabernacle of God is in men today, not in a place And I have to say that I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that I don't have to go to the house of God to experience God. He's everywhere I go. The Holy Spirit dwells in me, and I want you to know that I am hallelujah grateful for that truth, that the power of God is something that dwells inside of me. But let me share with you tonight a simple truth. I believe that God has made a place for you and I that we can come together and find some things. And I believe you'll find it in the 84th chapter of Psalms while the psalmist here wrote concerning the things that he loved about the house of God. Now, I want to say that uh, you might have been saved anywhere. You could have been saved uh, uh, in a car. You could have been saved in a, in a kitchen or in a back room or a ditch. Uh, but I believe tonight probably uh, uh, most everybody in here got saved in a church. Got saved in this church. I did anyhow. I'd like to say that I'm glad that there was a place one day that a little boy could uh, sit and hear the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God arrested his soul and drawed me out of my sin and saved my soul that day. I'm glad, brother, that there was a place where the saints of God assembled that night uh, where they began to uh, worship God that night and obeyed the Holy Spirit and created an environment of birthing and brother, I got saved because of the church house. I got saved. I'm tickled to death. I got a place I can come to. Amen. I love this place. Uh, Now, I would say that I love a lot of churches. It ain't just this one, but about every one I get to go to, I found the Lord's there with me. And I love it. But now, I'm kind of partial to this, and this is the one where I saved Dad and I certainly love everybody in it and certainly appreciate uh, the good house of God. But let's look tonight as we just try to focus our heart on what a treasure it is that God's given us here. Uh, I want us to dwell on the thought that I love this place. Number one, the Bible said in verse number one that this is a lovely place. He said, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. May I say to you today, we have a lovely place here, no doubt about it. 
I want to speak concerning what it looks like to those that watch it on the video. All they see is what's spread up here, but I tell you, it's a beautiful church. It really is. I appreciate how it's took care of and those that decorate it and do all of those wonderful things for it. I believe it's a lovely place, but may I say tonight that it's a place of love, and that matters more, you see, than anything else we could do. I want to say tonight that it doesn't matter what color the carpet is. Brother, if there's love in the house of God, it's a place where somebody can find rest. It's a place where they going to find peace. It's a place, brother, you'll learn to love if there's love in it. Thank God for a lovely place, the house of God. I believe it's a lovely, have you ever walked in a church, amen, and when you felt the Holy Ghost, you just felt this is a lovely place? I'll tell you right now, there ain't nothing wrong with loving your church. I'm, I'm concerned, friend, about a lot of people. They've forsaken their church. Uh, they've forsaken the local assembly. Uh, they've forsaken what God has told us to do. And brother, they have walked away uh, from the lovely confines of the Holy Spirit and the house of God. Uh, You say, preacher, you believe the house of God is necessary? Yeah, I do. I find it necessary. I read in the book of 1 Timothy, the third chapter, the apostle Paul told uh, Timothy there, he said, listen, he said, you need to pay attention to what I wrote unto you that you might know how to behave yourself in the house of God. I believe there was a house of God then. I believe there's a house of God now. I believe then that the disciples, the Bible said, uh, that they continued steadfastly in the temple and from house to house, uh, breaking bread and singing and friend and carrying out the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, what were they doing? They had a local assembly and they kept it up. You know, when we look in the New Testament, we'll find Jesus every Sabbath, Sabbath, he was in a temple. Well, what was that? That was a place. It was a place that he went to worship. Well, he could have worshiped anywhere and did, Amen. God the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, these three are one. You can't separate them. Jesus didn't have to go to the temple. He didn't have to go to the synagogue to find God. No, God was with him, but he went, didn't he? He went. He didn't forsake the assembling of himself together with the people of God. No, he went. And brother, he established for you and I, amen, an an example, friend, of of service and love for the church and the people of God. And I'm glad today that we've got a place that we can go to. Oh, how I love this place. How I love it. I believe today that there's all kinds of people that are struggling. They're trying to figure out what religion is about. It ain't about religion, friend. There's something far more important. When you come into the house of God, if there ain't love in it, it ain't a church. For God is love, and everybody that's in him, friend, they're going to love one another. And I'll say to you tonight, if you've got an odd against your brother, you need to get right with him. You need to make it right because in the house of God, there ought to be the love of God. When a stranger walks in the house of God tonight, they ought to feel something, friend, they don't feel in the rest of this world. Amen. I hope they feel it with you when they're conversing with you maybe and when you're sharing with them your testimony or invitation to come to the house of God. But oh, how I want them to know of the love of God when they walk in the doors of this place. 
How you say, preacher, is this church better than another? No, not necessarily. It ain't the building, you see. Uh, when he was speaking of how amiable are thy tabernacles, he was speaking of how the love moved in the house of God. And I'm glad, brother, it moves here. Oh, I love this place. Not only is it a lovely place, verse number two, you're going to find that it's a longed for place. It's a longed for place. The psalmist would write in other places, I believe the 42nd Psalm, I believe it is, he said, my heart panteth after thee, O God. He said, my soul longeth for thee. I can hear in my mind the psalmist David as he said, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. I love this place. Amen. How you don't know really what my heart's trying to say and I'm trying to get it out, but hear me. I love this place. I love the people in this place. What makes it real, amen. I love the brethren, amen. I love it when we come together, amen, and we can shake hands with one another and we can love one another and we care about one another. And it, amen, I'm glad. I'm just like the psalmist said, he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord. Why? Because he longed for it in his soul. Amen. You ever catch yourself on Tuesday afternoon longing for it? <laughs> yeah, there's some people listening thinking, no, 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 that don't bother me. It never occurs to me on Friday that it's still two days before I can go to the house of God. It never occurs to me that there's still, I'm telling you right now, there are days that I long to be in this place. You say, how come, preacher? Because there's some certain promises that are exercised by the God Almighty. Every time two or three gather in his name and begin to serve him, the Holy Ghost of God sets down in the middle of them and I'm glad I get to be in this place I love this place amen do you love the house of God I'm trying to tell you tonight what it is and what it ain't amen it ain't the building that I love there's probably a lot better structures out there probably a lot more beautiful maybe not to me but maybe to you they're a lot more beautiful maybe some that or fancier than ours, or maybe better equipped than ours. I don't know. But I know this, I long for this place. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad that the place of the house of God is not just a place for the love of God, but it's a place that's longed for. Do you long for it tonight? Oh, if we could just answer that honestly in our heart, I believe he'd get to the root of some issues. If it's a burden to you to come to the house of God, there's some problems in your life. If it bothers you, amen, to stop what you're doing, to lay it all down and to make your way to the house of God, amen, you've got a problem in your heart, amen. When it comes time for the house of God to be opened up, there ought to be a longing in your soul to be there. Yeah, yeah. I love the house of God. Oh, I've been in many a home, many a home, and looked in the eyes of the elderly, those that can't get out no more, those that can't go like you can. And they look you with them, them eyes and flowing with tears and say, if I could just go to God's house one more time. You know what I'm talking about. They, for heartbreaks, 
because they can't be in the, I love the house of God, don't you? I just love the place where God meets with his children. Yeah, he meets me anywhere I want to. I meet the conditions out there. But brother, it's special when we come into the house of God because God has promised he'll meet with the assembly. Oh, I love this place. It's a place that's filled with love and it's a place that's longed for. But I want you to see verse number three. (laughs) Wow, this one tickled me to death, Paul. Watch this. He said, yea, he said, the sparrow hath found a house. Now, let me see if I can help you with a sparrow. Jesus did it probably as good as anybody could. He told them there in the New Testament, he said, is not a sparrow sold, two sparrows sold for a farthing. Now, let me see if I can help you with that math. A farthing, friend, is about a quarter of a penny. To you and I, in our currency, a farthing would be about a quarter of a penny, and you can get two sparrows for it. That means you can get one sparrow for an eighth of a penny. You know what they call that in my world? Worthless. Do you know a sparrow is worthless? You can get two of them for an eighth of a penny. And yet the worthless found them a house. (laughs) I love this place, don't you? Amen to the world. They wrote me off as worthless. They saw your life. They saw you living. They saw how you was, and they should have discarded you. They say, cost him all into that awful. And yet God said that I could have a place where I get to go to. Hey, the sparrow has found a house. Yeah. I don't know if you think of yourself very highly, but I don't. I happen to believe he reached way below the bottom that night when he saved me, when he redeemed my when he redeemed my soul. I was about as worthless as they could be, and you was too. And yet, according to the word of God, the sparrow hath found a home. Found a home. I love this place. Amen. Paul, do you know this is the only place on earth where your past don't matter? Huh? All those things that defined you and proved your unworthiness or worthlessness. You can come into the house of God and you look eyeball to eyeball with a bunch of worthless sinners and every one of you are tickled to death that you found a house. I ain't on the run no more. I ain't an outcast. Brother, I have found a house. The worthless has a place that they can live, brother. The house of God is the place. I love this place. The Bible said, it said, and the swallow a nest for herself. Now, I had to look that up. I wasn't sure just what that would mean. I Googled it, and I just started reading about the swallow. And it said that a swallow is a migratory bird. 
It said that the swallow spends the majority of its life on the wing, constantly going. Very rarely do you catch a swallow lighting for any amount of time. But it said that the old swallow, she found her a nest. She found her a place. Yeah, you were running before and you were going for this and you were running for that and you were trying to find peace here and you were trying to find peace there and everywhere you went you couldn't settle you couldn't find anything amen that would bring calm to your soul and when you walked in the house of God that day something happened amen you said I believe I'll just light here I believe I'm just going to land right here I'm going to make me a nest that's where those that have been on the run God has made a place for you and not only did he make a place for you but he made a place for your youngins yeah when the swallow found this place she quit flying she quit flying she quit doing what was natural to the flesh and she lit She set up camp. She built her nest. Let me give you some encouragement, mothers and dads. Make you a nest in the house of God. Raise your young at his altars. That's what the son was saying. He said, I love this place. He said, the worthless found a house here. He said, those that could never light, they lit. They built him a nest. They even raised their babies at his altar. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, the better, best place you can have your youngins is in his house. In his house, it ain't on the ball field. It ain't in the movie theaters. It ain't letting them run the computers and, and amen, do whatever they want to do. I'll tell you right now, the best place for a swallow like you and me, a worthless sparrow like you and me is to set up camp in the house of God. Don't be moved regardless of what this world says. Do not be moved like a tree planted in the waters. Stick to it and brother, let God bring your children to an altar. Amen. Ain't no wonder he loved this place. I love this place. Verse number four, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. I believe the house of God is a place that's lively. Amen. I believe some of us could probably be a little more lively than we are. The Bible, I believe as the apostle Peter said that that the house of God is made up of lively stones. And he said that these were the foundations of God. I'm talking about the house of God. Amen. That's in the New Testament, by the way. He's referring to the place. He's referring to the house of God. He's referring to the local assembly of believers that come together. Brother, it ought to be a lively place. It ought to be a place where there is life in the members, life in the believers. And brother, when they assemble together, there ain't no telling what's going to happen because they're a lively bunch. I love this place. Bothers me when it's too quiet. 
Something ain't right when it's too quiet. Because when the word of God comes, lively stones do stuff. They can't help it. You'll, you'll hear them, amen. Some of them, some of them. Hey, do you realize that the shout ain't wore out? Well, we got something to shout about still. We got something to weep and to cry and to laugh and to, and, and, and to shout and to lift our hands up and to worship him and to sing and to pray. Amen. The house of God is a lively place. I love it tonight. Not only is it a lively place, but verses 5 through 11, you're going to find that it's a place that'll lift you up. It'll lift you up. Now, I don't know about you, but if there's anything I need restored, it's my strength. Read with me. The Bible said, blessed is the man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools They go from strength to strength. (laughs) Amen. Seems like I go from Sunday morning to Sunday night. And uh, let me tell you what's going on. I'm going from strength to a little more strength. And when I come back on Wednesday night, I'm getting a little more strength. You know why? Because my strength leaves me throughout the week. My strength waxes and wanes as the troubles of this life continue to draw from that reserve. I want you to know that I'm glad there's a place that I can go to and I can get my strength restored in him. I love this place. A place where I can get my strength renewed. Isaiah said it like this. He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And I say to you today that, that we find strength in the house of God. Uh, anybody but me find strength in this place? I tell you right now, I find strength in studying the word of God. I find strength in daily prayer and supplication unto God. I do. I'd be, I'd be telling Phil if I didn't say I find strength in those things. Amen. But I'll tell you right now, amen, the, the strength that I'm looking for, often it, it occurs when, when I come in obedience into the house of God and I yield myself as a servant member to this place and I become part of you and you part of me and we in one spirit lift up the king of glory and he sends down from heaven the strength that picks me up out of that place I'm in and sets my feet, brother, on a course that the devil can't do anything with. You need strength today and you can get it in the house of God. I don't believe there's ever been a time you sit down at the table and ate that part of the purpose you had to eat wasn't just because you was hungry, but it's because you need to keep your strength up. Say, preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying those people that have excused themselves from the table are probably about starved to death. Wouldn't you think they're weak? Wouldn't you think they lack nourishment and sustenance? Preacher, I can get that on the outside. You're fooling yourself if you think it's the same. You say, how you know? Because there's no biblical precedent for that living. There is no biblical precedent for a life alone with Christ. 
When you get born in, you're born into a family. He makes that clear from day one. And he tells you to love your brother and all that, right? He t- the assumption is, is that you get it. You understand that I am to be a part of something that is bigger than me. And I am to be a part of it in a way that, that not only am I helped, but I help others. That's the biblical example for Christian servanthood. It's not living alone out here and doing your own thing and got something between you and the man upstairs. That ain't, that ain't biblical. The mandate set forward for us is that we attend the house of God. I love this place. I find strength in it. Look with me now at verse number eight. Let me hurry. O Lord of God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Selah. This is a place of listening. Do you know that God listens when we gather? What the psalmist was saying here is, Lord, when I come into this place, he said, I know you're going to hear me. He said, for my prayer is, oh, God of Jacob, (laughs) that you'd hear me. Do you know that God listens to his people? Oh, I believe tonight that according to the Bible, the Bible said where two would agree on any one thing, Touching any certain thing. He said if they would agree and believe, he said it'll be done for them. You know what that means? I believe that we've got power in numbers tonight. I believe that when the saints of God gather and when they come together to pray, I believe the Lord of hosts is listening according to the psalmist. I come to the house of God knowing that God is listening. He's listening. But he's not not only listening, but look at verse number nine. He's also looking. The Bible said, Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed. Amen. You're the anointed of God, by the way. You're the chosen. You're the elect. You're those that have been washed in his blood, redeemed until the day of redemption. You're those that will live eternally forever in that glorious place in his presence. You're the ones that have the mark, friend, that forever are sealed by the grace of God. You are the house of God tonight. And He's looking. He's looking. He listens when we're here, but he's also watching. He's watching our assembly. You say, that makes me a bit uncomfortable. He sees me when I'm not praising him. Yep. He sees me when I ain't saying amen to the truth. He sees me when I ain't willing to lift up a hand and say, yep, that's right. He sees me when I don't open the book and sing. He sees me when I won't go to an altar and pray. He said, yep. I love this place. You see, you can't hide nothing from God. Amen. That makes a pastor's job easy. Amen. I ain't got to be like, what are you doing tonight, Tabitha? You, if you ain't, I'm, no, he watching. He listening. I love this place. When we come in here, brother, I believe that he is listening and he is watching. I've done said about what he's doing, all the love and the light and all the praise that's going on. Amen. Those are things he's helping us do. We can't do it on our own. It's all in vain unless the spirit of God comes down. That's right. Amen. But he is listening and he is looking. He is listening and he is looking. Look at verse number 10. He said, for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. A thousand what? A thousand anything. 
Huh? I'm glad they didn't put nothing else behind a thousand. So I'll tell you right now, one day in the house of God is better than a thousand days at anything else you want to say. You say, how in the world could you say that? You you be on some kind of boat being guided around catching ten pound peacock bass in the Amazon. You could do you're saying you would trade a thousand days of that experience for one day in the house of God. Yes, sir. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I might need to ask you again, do you really love this place? The psalmist said, One day in your courts. He said it's better than a thousand. Anywhere. Doing anything. One day is better than a thousand. I love this place, do you? I love being in this place with its people and feeling the power of God and the presence of God among us. What's the most special place on earth? This place. He said one day and it is better than a thousand. And then he throws in something extra. He said, for I'd rather. He said, you give me the choice. He said, I'd rather be the doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked anywhere on this earth. No, I don't need to be the preacher. No, I don't need to be the song leader. I don't need to be the piano player. I don't need to be a Sunday school teacher. I don't need to stick out in the crowd. Just let me be the doorkeeper. Just let me sit at the threshold and welcome them as they come in the door because I'm telling you right now, I'd rather be here than anywhere on earth. Now he's finding out how much he loves this place. Because some of you may have wrestled just to get here tonight. You may have struggled with the simple decision to go to the house of God, an indication there's something wrong on the inside. Because when we get right with God, we begin to love the house of God. When, when our heart is right with God, we will love the people of God. And you know what? Where they assemble, you'll want to be with them. Yeah, that's right. You're going to want to be a part of that. The assembly of God, friend, is biblical and it is meant for our good. The Bible teaches us in the book of Hebrews that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some, especially as we see the day approaching no, you need this place. But it needs to be more than just, just something that you find as a necessity. It ought to be something, friend, that you love, yes. that you love, that your heart longs for. I love this place. I'd rather be the doorkeeper, he said, in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I don't care what tent you're talking about or what's in the tent. I'd rather be in the house of God. I'd rather be with the people of God. Do you love this place? The Bible said in verse number 11, he said, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. 
The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Listen, this is a place of light and it is a place of learning. I'll tell you right now, when you come into the house of God, I believe you're going to find the light. Amen. If the preacher's worth his salt, he's going to preach the gospel. And the gospel is a lamp unto your feet and it is a light unto your path. And whether you like it that particular day or it is uncomfortable for you that day, it is still light. And that light is meant to expose your heart and to reveal those things that you need to know. And he will teach you. He will teach you. He said he would not withhold what you need. He'll teach you. I love this place. Do you know when I come into the house of God, he's teaching me always. He's teaching me something else. He is taking me farther down that road. He is allowing me to experience more of that light, to see more of him, and to learn that he wants me to know his will. The Bible said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. He give it to all men liberally and upbraid it not. He wants to teach us. I believe the house of God is a place of light and learning. I love this place. Lastly, verse number 12. Verse number 12. Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. The old song said it like this. It said, learning to leave. Learning to lean, I'm learning to lean on Jesus. This is a place of light, and it is a place of learning. And in this place, one of the things that you will learn is how to trust, how to lean on him. Say, preacher, God could have told me that at home. Do you know that God uses other people to teach you that lesson often? You'd have never got that at home. God uses other saints to stand up sometimes and testify and tell of their story, what God has done for them. And that helps you learn to trust more in him. You don't get that at home. And as glad as I am that somebody can go on YouTube and watch this, you missed all the testimonies. The only thing they record is the preaching. You missed the singing. You missed the praying. You missed the testimonies. Sometimes you miss the shouting. Come get a song. He said, Lord, he said, how amiable, how lovely are thy tabernacles. Jesus walked into the house of God one day and he made a whip. The Bible said that he took that whip and he drove the money changers out with it. You know what he told them? He said, this is the house of prayer. 
but you have made it a den of thieves. What was he saying? He's saying there's something that we have to protect about the place that we worship. Just any old thing won't do here. Because if he ain't in charge, we're fixing to be in a ditch anyhow. All the things that the psalmist wrote about of why he loved the house of God so much comes down to you and me loving it just as much. Being in our seats every time that we possibly can. Worshiping God with all of our heart. Receiving from him all of those things the psalmist was raving about. All of those things that drove him to make such such statements as how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Well, where do they dwell together? In his house. Here. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Here. Here. That's what he longed for. The Bible said, blessed is he that hungereth and thirsteth for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, I I can honestly say that there's, I can't think of a thing that I've ever needed that he wasn't able to provide through the house of God, through the church service, through his power among us, through the word of God, through the singing, through the prayers. God has done so many things. And he has made this something, he has made this place. And I hope that's the way it is with you. And, and you know what? If you go up a road and you talk to somebody from the church up the street and, and they say, boy, I love my church, I hope you could say, I love mine too. Amen. And you know what? We ought to expect them to love theirs. We, that, that ought to be the, the first thing we'd expect is somebody to say, boy, I love my church. You say, oh, I love mine too. Because if it's the church of God and they've made a commitment to that place, I'll tell you right now, they'll learn to love it because it is full of benefit. It is full of those good things that God has promised. It is a place where we find all these wonderful things. I love the house of God. I love it. I'm so glad to be here tonight. I don't know about you. I'm gonna, we're going to sing a song. What are we singing? One fifty-seven. Trust and obey. <laughs> if you're here tonight and need the Lord, the altar's open. If you need to pray, that's something else we can do in the house of God.